Have you ever wondered what it actually takes to pursue a career you want and start your own business? Well, I wondered and I did exactly that. I'm Karen Thomas, founder of Signature Branding and creator and producer of the number one retrospective podcast for starting your entrepreneurial journey. Join me as I reflect on the setbacks, milestones and lessons learned whilst transitioning straight out of teaching and straight into business. Hello, thank you so much for joining me for yet another episode of Straight Into Business. I'm very excited about today's episode because you guys are in for a bit of a treat and I have the absolute pleasure of having a co-host and when I say having a I actually mean having my first co-host with me on the show so I'm very very excited. So in today's episode we are going to be unpacking what it really takes to get started when it comes to a business or um, creating a branding idea and what actually goes into building that initial momentum that I think a lot of people probably feel quite hesitant about when it comes to even knowing where to start. And then hopefully we'll be able to provide you with some practical tips and bits of advice that you can implement as of today to kind of start building that momentum within your own business brand. So before all of that, I would like to introduce my very first guest who I happen to have met five years ago. So Chloe Davis is a fellow teacher in Melbourne's West. She has a background in media and comms and is currently working on her own skincare range, which is so freaking exciting because I feel like I've been waiting for this girl to do her thing and work her magic, which I know she had. And I know for a fact, as soon as this product is ready to launch, it's absolutely going to do kick ass well. So I'm so excited for her about this. So I'm not gonna say too much about the actual product itself, but 360 Glow is the name of the skincare range that Chloe is currently working on. And I will let her talk to you guys more about that. So I'm particularly excited to share a mic with Chloe as our passion for breaking the mould and going outside of our comfort zone to achieve a higher sense of purpose has been very well established between us for a significant period of time. So I did say that Chloe is a fellow teacher. I used to work with Chloe and During my very early days of entrepreneurship, I feel like Chloe was one person and one voice who really understood the journey and understood the necessity to want to break out of your sort of traditional role, despite the fact of it being quite controversial, especially when you have been in that particular role and you've trained in that role for a given amount of time. I felt like Chloe was on the same path, shared similar passions, had a similar direction. And so obviously we've both taken action and taken steps to make those things happen for 2019 and beyond. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my very first Straight Into Business co-host, Chloe Davis. Thanks, Karen. I feel like I should copy you. (laughs) Thank you, Anna. Just the two of us. (laughs) 
thank you. That was a really nice introduction. And yeah, all true and all feelings are mutual. And I think that, you know, particularly that last year where you moved into the my office, so it was 2017, we definitely developed quite a bond and shared lots of laughs. So it was a really fond yeah, I have really fond memories of that time. Yeah. Lots laugh, of ups and downs. Laughing through the pain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first year of teaching at 12, actually, with my, um, yeah, my student voice role that I had at the time. So that was a pretty chaotic year. But you did a stellar job, as always. Yeah. yeah. No, I did. I did enjoy that time. But, um, yeah, you mentioned I'm just working on a couple of things at the moment. So, as you mentioned, I'm working on my own skincare range. So, it's called 360 Glow. I've been really passionate about um, organic products, organic vegan products that you can use. And so, a friend of mine who already has her own business and I have decided to co-create and um, make something together so we're sort of in the process of putting all of that together at the moment so we've been building the website I've written an ebook because part of the brand is talking about food as well and how that kind of impacts um, your skin we have just filmed a new video with yours truly Karen's actually the star model in my video which was lots of fun by the way yes she does a great job as you can imagine I'm sure if you know Karen Um, yeah so that's where I'm at and then of course Um, Karen and I are working together on another brand which is really exciting I'm really excited about this one called Flip the Script which is very exciting indeed mm, which is a networking event for creative people and uh, business people and artists in the west I think we felt like both Karen and I had been to a lot of events on the eastern side of town and we didn't really feel like there was something you know events for artists and creative people that were on sorry in the western suburbs so we have um, created that and our first event is April the 11th april the 11th yeah Mm. which is really exciting and i feel like we have got lots to talk about and unpack when it comes Mm. to that but just listening i guess to what you were saying in that moment so you're talking about the fact that you're doing Mm. the skincare range 360 Mm -hmm. glow you are currently teaching Mm -hmm. we're also working on this new brand flip the script Mm -hmm. and so to me when I talk to you at the moment I feel like you're getting some real enjoyment out of actually pursuing those things that light you up so from that if we can do a bit of a a backflip so maybe even like a year or two ago because I think for a lot of listeners in in your position now Mm -hmm. they might think oh well you've already got this thing going you've already got a friend who's kind of doing a skincare range you've already got this flip the script and you've already got these ideas but can you kind of talk to the listeners about where you saw yourself I guess you know a year prior Mm -hmm. to actually being on this path towards following a lot of those passions yeah sure so going back two years ago I was in probably quite a different position I was a a full-time teacher and at the time so that was in 2017 so I'd been teaching for about four or five years I really enjoy teaching as a profession I'm actually still a teacher now I'm just in a different school but I'll explain how I got there in a moment but um I really like teaching as a profession I really like the idea of sharing knowledge of empowering people of I guess being creative within the job so teaching for me was something that was always on uh, always in the background it was something that I always wanted to do in some capacity what I found though was that after four years I became really or I felt really stagnant within the role and so 
I took on a lot, which I was sort of happy to do because I'm, you know, by nature, let's say pretty energetic on the go person. I like to be doing lots of different stuff, but I found that I just got to a point where I knew that I needed to move. And I wasn't sure at the time if that was in another leadership position, um, which I was considering at the time. And it was actually going through the process of applying for a leadership position that I realized that that wasn't sort of the direction that I wanted to, to head in. I wanted to, to go yeah, in another direction and, and move. At the time, before those leading teacher roles came up, I was really at that crossroads where I was like, right, I need to do something different within the job or I can't see myself sort of sticking around for, you know, the, yeah. in the immediate future. And so I went for those two roles because at the time I thought that's kind of what I wanted. You know, in hindsight, looking back, it's it's not something that I felt fully passionate about, but I thought that, you know, I wanted to do something different in the school. So whatever, I applied for both of them. I went through the full process. And then in going through that process, it really hit home to me that this doesn't feel completely yeah. right. This isn't um, this isn't the direction that I want to go in. So I made the decision from that point to leave teaching at the time, and which you know I'd spoken to my partner about it, and I'd had de- like you said conversations on the download with you. And at the time, it was one of the scariest decisions that I've ever made because I, I wouldn't say that I'm a risk taker by any means. I'm not someone who I, th- I feel like when I commit to something, I'm kind of in it for kind of in it for the long haul so for me to just quit like that it was a pretty it was pretty out of character for me actually but I'm so glad in hindsight that I just went with my gut feeling because it's been it was the complete it was the right thing to do even if it was you know all of a sudden and I think that when you make decisions like that things even if they do feel scary at the times things always end up falling into place and they, they that was definitely the case for me so I took a year off I'd resigned from the department at that time I took a year off I did some CRT I really had the best year I um, traveled I went to a few countries that I'd wanted to visit for such a long time so Iceland and Norway and Sweden had wow. an amazing life-changing experience there within that year I also did a 10-day meditation retreat which is something that I've wanted to do for a really long time and that was that was a really really interesting experience we can talk about that a little bit more if you want to and I'd also got a or the first time I went ahead and got myself a coach it was a a business coach because business is something that I think over time as I'd met a few more people later in my 20s there were lots of people doing really cool creative things and and You've I think got a really creative circle when I think about I do, your yes. friendship groups yeah to me you have aligned yourself with a lot of creative people mm. and I think that in itself will be quite influential on you it also sounds like you just took the time to actually figure things out and I think that scares mm. people I think figuring Absolutely. things out yeah. really scares people because there is the pressure of not fully understanding what it is or what your next steps mm. are yeah but then still being in a situation what you're really unhappy with and being so unhappy that you're afraid to make any changes whatsoever. Yeah. And I think for me, it was less about being like really unhappy and it was more about, I just wasn't completely fulfilled in what I was doing. And that's not to say that, you know, teaching doesn't fulfill me in some capacity. It does. And I think you and I have had conversations about how intellectually teaching is really fulfilling. And there are a number of things that are obviously really rewarding. For me, it was just about this itching feeling that I had wanted to go out there and do a number of other things. And I just wanted to try and experiment with 
you know, some new areas and some new ideas. So I understand completely why it's scary, particularly I think in your late 20s and 30s, yeah, 40s even. I mean, there are financial things to consider. Yeah. There are, you know, there's lots and lots of things to uh, consider. But I think that for me, it reached a tipping point where I just got to that period where I had to make that decision to, to leave to give myself some other choices. Yeah. And it did, like you said, um, allowed me to get some perspective on just being out of, I think we were in the daily grind. Yeah, for oh, me, absolutely. Teaching did feel, and I guess this is the case with any full-time job, it did start to feel a bit like Groundhog Day. Yeah. And when you're in that kind of daily grind, it's so easy just to fall back into your daily routine. Yeah, and not have that creative space. Like, actually, mm. the space, that part of your brain that actually allows you to see things differently, to be open to a different way of thinking, and for you actually to generate, like, fresh and new ideas, like... Because, and again, this isn't, you know, this isn't um, in isolation to teaching whatsoever. This is, like you said, the everyday grind. Mm. But just being able to give yourself that mental space mm-hmm. to figure things out. And you obviously ended up moving on. Mm. And so there's a fear of moving on and making changes. And then in the same vein, there's actually then the fear of starting and starting something new and I think so many people are telling me about these little ideas that they've had that they kind of just shrug off to themselves there's a part of them that has obviously played around with the idea but then there's a bigger chunk that Mm. would never do anything about it so for those listeners who struggle with the concept of getting started can you talk about what getting started looks like for you yeah, and just on what you were saying, that's the part I'm really interested in when people say things like, oh, I want to do this but or mm-hmm. I'll do this when. And these were, you know, things that I used to say to myself all the time, like I also want to do this but I'm so busy or I'll do this when I have time. And I think that when we use that sort of language, everything we want to do is always in the future and it's never now. And the danger in that, of course, is that years can go by without you actually ever do Absolutely. you know doing the things that you want to do and and that leads to you know regret and all sorts of things that I, I don't think that any of us want to feel I think for me starting is about making the conscious decision firstly that you're going to do something different I think that if you always mm. you know that saying if you always do what you've always done you always get what you've always got like really rings true that. and it's it's it, it is a conscious decision because like I said I think our default setting is to naturally just go along with what we're doing yeah whatever everyone else is doing you know the whole keeping up with the jones thing so it's about saying not necessarily i'm going to quit my job you know like what i did Um, (laughs) because i've come back anyway which i'll get to but it's about saying that i'm going to you know do small things like making a plan for how you're going to get those other passions into your life and how Mm. you're going to make that happen so but for me starting is really about because like you said earlier so many people have exciting ideas and people bring them up all the time and I think people are innately creative so I think that's really natural but for me the starting part is when it it gets difficult it's when Mm. you start to come in full contact with your own barriers and limiting beliefs Absolutely. Um, And it's about how you kind of deal with those. You know, just for example, when I started, or even with you, when we were starting Flip the Script and we talked about speaking, like speaking is something that I've always been called to do and I've always i always felt like I've wanted to do it. you're so very articulate and so... Oh, (laughs) oh, you are. Thank you. That's definitely... (laughs) That's 
what you do very well, the way you articulate yourself. And there's been many times when I've listened to you in the classroom and thought, why don't I sound like Chloe when I'm teaching? Because <laughs> you sound a lot more fun. <laughs> Like I like speaking and, and you know, it's something that I wanted to do more of. But the second that I made the decision to do that, oh, my God, I had a flood of who am I to speak and what am I going to speak about? Oh, my God, massive imposter syndrome. Massive imposter syndrome, massive imposter syndrome. Which is Um, ironic. Do you know why that's ironic? mm. Because I feel like on a daily basis, that's all we do. We speak, Mm -hmm. we speak, we speak in front of crowds of, or we have done in the past, crowds of up to 300 people at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that change the context Mm -hmm. and we change our feelings about what it is that we're doing. And just talking about Flip the Script, that we've this event that we are both organising, we've had conversations and I've kind of started like looking to the future and thinking oh my god I can just imagine like on the night I'm going to be like ridiculously like panicky and I guess yes it's going to be new but by the same vein we we present every day we Mm. present every day we have things to say every day and albeit the audience is different but we still do that but it's just interesting that we do deal with that imposter syndrome and that you felt the moment that we kind of put that into the universe then all of these doubts Mm -hmm. start creeping in definitely and I 100% agree with that but teaching this is what I love about teaching I feel like it's given me so many transferable skills skills. just you know dealing with different types of people the admin the speaking the preparing presentations and I think we're starting some Something new it's really important that people are conscious of the fact that fear will come up I think it's an automatic natural reaction it's actually our brain's way of protecting us and, and trying to keep us safe it's just an alert system but that we know um, I guess just to be aware of those thoughts but not necessarily buy into them is something that we should take seriously because one of the things that I did learn on the meditation retreat that I went to that's just been absolutely I guess life-changing for me is that just because we have thoughts doesn't mean we have to believe them it also it doesn't necessarily mean that those thoughts are true so you can have thoughts but you don't have to react to them all the time you can just observe them and let them pass and they do so I think embracing fear is really really important and sitting I think with fear as well sitting with, sitting fear. with fear yes I, I think love that it's word. really important and yeah. I I don't think enough people sit with their own fear and somehow mm-hmm. find a way to distract themselves from their own fear I kind of come to feel that it's really interesting when I feel fearful of something I want to get to sort of the bottom of why is it that I feel like that and does this actually have any validity like is it is it something that I should actually be concerned about and usually it's not so I think sitting with fear is really important and I think it was I wanted to bring up this quote it was from I think it was from Seneca I think is the philosopher but I love this quote and I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong but it's um that we suffer more from imagination than reality that's huge isn't Mm. it I think if you can really let that land, it's... It's it's so accurate in mm. terms of the way our minds would work, especially if we are talking about fear usually being either past or future-based, mm. mm-hmm. especially with our imaginations kind of going wild about incidents that have occurred before or incidents that haven't even happened yet. Absolutely, yeah. still we've managed to kind of get ourselves into a, a crazy frenzy. Mm-hmm. And so... The other thing I was 
keen to hear your perspective on is actual examples because I I hear a lot of I guess speakers and I go to a lot of presentations where there's a vagueness sometimes in terms of the practical steps that people can take to actually get started with building a business or building a brand. So from your perspective can you give us any hard examples of what that looks like to actually build momentum within your own business or brand? Mm -hmm. So I think it just, I mean, if I was to summarize this, it would just be committing to a decision to do something and then following it up with action. I think sometimes we get into the habit of, and I know I certainly did this, I was going through a phase where I was listening to so many podcasts, I was reading so many books, and that kind of in my mind took the place of, or mistakenly actually doing stuff. Passive action. Passive action, Yeah. yeah, versus actually taking that knowledge and Massive applying action. it um, to something. Did you know what it was? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the, I learned that from, um, she did it her way, Amanda Boleyn. So she talks about passive action, which mm-hmm. is the reading, mm-hmm. the podcasts, the going to the seminars, the feeling like you are learning heaps about the thing you want to do in the space mm-hmm. you want to be in, but they're not actually using that stuff to actually propel you any further forward by taking that massive action the scary stuff massive action is I guess the, the scary bit so we sometimes yes. hide behind passive action mm-hmm. thinking because it's comfortable right it's very comfortable it's comfortable to sit in your bedroom and like read a book and yeah. be like feel so inspired yeah 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 <laughs> completely oh it's even comfortable except for the networking parts at the end which is very uncomfortable <laughs> it's uncomfortable to go it's comfortable to go to these events you know mm. where they've got pizza and wine and listen, it's almost listening to other people's inspired yeah. stories and yeah. taking on that feeling as your yeah, own. Yeah, completely, but then you're not doing nothing. So. <laughs> mm. yeah. Absolutely. So it's that and it's it's using, rather than waiting to be inspired, it's using action to kind of inspire yourself. So I've, I've found that I get motivated when I actually do stuff. So I need to, you know, for me, it's been about committing to things that I'm doing, actually doing that, yeah. doing it, and then that creates the momentum that I need to do um, to move towards the next thing. You know, with 360 um, Glow, that's been a really interesting experience. So just to give people an idea of what that is, it's an organic vegan skincare range, but it's it's an oil or serum that goes on, that's applied to your face. It's really nice. It's um, all natural. And then what we sell with it are things called their derma cups. So you might know what cupping is if you've ever had it done to your back, the Chinese medicine cupping. And they yeah, that's back, a, it's an it? interesting experience, isn't it? Yes, but I just need to add it's without the bruising. So it doesn't, in ancient Chinese medicine, they use it to back to bring blood to the surface and then that that creates some bruising um, on your back. But with your face it was a little bit different. So maybe, I don't know, you can and I've describe had so, your experience. I've had so them. many compliments on my skin. Like even actually now, because when did we do, we did we did the, the um, shoot maybe about two weeks ago, week and a half ago. Yeah, yep. And I am, I'll be by Marshall, but I, yep. have, <laughs> I have had um, compliments on my skin about how I guess radiant it was looking and especially immediately after that that same day I went out that same day and I'll have to 
put a picture up on my Instagram and I'll, I'll mention you in there. But my face looked absolutely flawless. So this is when I had makeup on later in the day after I'd tried the serum and everything. I put the makeup on my face and my, my face was absolutely flawless. It was glowing. Mm. And I immediately sent you the picture because I was like... You did look really great. That's 360 glow, girl. <laughs> Guess what I got? She did look really great. But, yeah, so when we release, we're looking at um, launching the website, probably about another month it'll be ready so you'll get to see. You can have a look at what that looks like. Karen will be in the tutorial. But they're basically cups that you squeeze for suction and move around your face. And it basically just moves blood around. Um, it moves any sort of stagnant um, liquids in your face, that all the lymphatic fluids that kind of um, stall around your eyes, which is what gives people their their bags under their eyes, their different color under their eyes. So it moves everything around. It gives you a more consistent and glowing complexion. And then with that comes the ebook. So it's a focus on food because skin is obviously an inside job as well. So that ebook gives a number of um, tips about sleep and food and water and all that kind of stuff. So that's been a process, a huge learning experience for me. Um, so I can't, sorry, to, I'm just going to interrupt no, you. I feel like what you're saying is like really good and I'm taking in little bits and pieces that you're saying that I feel like listeners, like I'm just putting myself in the position of the listener now. And so mm-hmm. so all these things that you mentioned, so you've mentioned there like an ebook, you've mentioned mm-hmm. a website. So these sound like the fundamentals of building momentum. So how long would you say that that stuff is, you know, for anyone who again is in that position where they're thinking the reality of what it is that you're doing and you know building this momentum in the space of three months yeah how long would you say time-wise that you've invested and how are you managing your time Mm. when it comes to actually because that's a heap it's a heap of work Mm. that you're doing I know it is to write an ebook for god's sakes that's huge so how are how have you been managing your time to do those things and how long has that process been taking yeah and I that's a really interesting question because I have read lots on people starting their own business. I've listened to lots of podcasts and I guess that old kind of adage of it will really just take you the amount of time that it takes yeah. you and um, it depends on your skill set, depends on your budget, it depends on if you're working solo, if you're working with a team. So I think just acknowledging in the background that it will take you the time that it needs to take you to get there is important but for me we started this well we discussed the idea back in October last year and then from there we slowly started building up um, some momentum around the website one of my best friends who I'm creating this business with has her own business I think if she had done that on her own it would have been a faster process but because I was learning it took us a little bit longer so we built the website at the end of 2018 I've been writing the ebook and we've kind of been adding things as we go we've been doing some photo shoots so taking photos of the product taking photos of people who are using the product and we've created a video obviously with you so all of that spend from October in 2018 to about now and we've had a few gaps because if you know I've gone away and um, my friend is currently in Italy so um, that's still that's pretty efficient I th- and to be honest it hasn't been a lot of if I think about like yes you said it takes a lot of time and it has but that's been in really small chunks like that's yeah. probably been me working on that and also, obviously, you've got a full-time job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so I think this is an interesting segue to, to talk about the number of people who, again, want to do something but couldn't possibly find the time. And time mm-hmm. yeah. time is that 
the concept that kind of always comes back and bites people in the ass and prohibits a lot of people from doing a lot of things that they yeah. would really like to do in an ideal world. So what would you say to listeners who use time as an excuse or reason? And again, I know there's some people out there who their parents, their carers, they've got all these additional responsibilities and their full-time job yeah. and a mortgage, which is something I hear a lot of. Mm. What would you advise or what would you say to listeners who use time as a barrier or who are concerned that a lack of time is going to prevent them from being able to be successful in pursuing their own passion. Yeah, I want to preface all what I'm going to say with the fact that I completely understand that it's hard, you know, and I say that as someone who doesn't have, I don't have children, I don't have a mortgage yet, so I am aware that, you know, my, the amount of time that I have might be greater, but it also might be less than some others. So I think that what you have is always going to be different to someone else. Mm. But I think that it's not a matter of, like I said earlier, it's not a matter of quitting your job. Like if you want to do something, if there is something that you are legitimately passionate about or there's been something in the background that you've wanted to do or there's something that you're dissatisfied with and there's something that you need to search for, you have time. There is time within the day to do it. I think that we need to start thinking about time as more valuable than money. Oh, completely. I mean, Current, uh, we, such a valuable a, it's currency. It's a currency. It's a real it is currency. A currency. It absolutely is. So, and we don't get it back. Um, no, I just, and we uh, don't. Yeah. Oh, it's just because I just I could feel talk like for hours about this. Yeah, but. it just triggered something in me there and then. Be very careful. Like, if we're talking about time as currency, be very careful who you spend your time yep. with. Yep. Yep. And what you spend your time on, because if you actually start tallying up like if you start making general observations of how you spend your time I think you will surprise yourself about how much of that you could take back Mm -hmm. if you started being very selfish Mm -hmm. and precious about it that's not me saying ignore friends don't go out don't socialize don't do those things but for me personally I have observed what has happened to me in the last probably year so since I actually resigned from my full-time job and mentally Mm. when you resign from a full-time job and you no longer have that financial security you realize wow this is all on me now this really is all on me and I think what's happened as a result of that is I am quite I guess not short in a rude way but I'm I'm that girl who doesn't message back efficiently I'm the girl who will commit to or will say that I am you know with with good intentions will say that I'm going to do a particular event on a weekend or with a friend but then the time will come and I have to make a decision on okay what what am I going to do am I am I going to finish this aspect of my work or this project or am I going to go out and outside looking in? I, I don't have, I have a kid to fall back on. I, I don't have that kind of reason. And I've often felt a bit um, fickle saying that I'm doing, I'm working. Like if I was to say to again another teacher, I've got marking to do, they'd understand that I feel. And that would, that would kind of land okay. But to, to say that, or, oh, I'm, I'm working mm-hmm. and I can't really articulate what I'm working on. It's not really worth articulating what I'm working on, but I'm working and yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> um, and so to have to make that decision, I think that's, you have got to become 
somewhat selfish with time and I have noticed but if you're not I mean it'll get taken from you you know it it does and I I'm so much time thieves (laughs) yeah (laughs) time thieves yeah but yeah and I mean time is valuable it's currency and I think that we give much more thought to how we spend our money but not Mm. necessarily how we spend our time so if you examine your week which I have done and I I do that at the start of every week I look for my blocks like my blocks where I've got two three hours and I lock in that time for me and I'll say no aside from like you know things that have been pre-organized or whatever I will say no to doing things so I can have that time and lock that in because I've realized I've made the decision about what's important to me and so I'm not just going to freely give away my time so that's been one thing that you know I've done differently this year I was saying to Karen earlier for me it's not been that difficult like I said with with 360 it's been like a incremental process so we're probably talking about honestly I reckon I was spending two three hours on that a week like it wasn't much and it was honestly just my Netflix time like instead of (laughs) instead of getting home and like just binging binging on the couch for five or six hours like I was and just getting through whole series and Actually, now it's kind of, it's not as fun because I don't get to talk about, I'm not as up to date with Netflix series oh, as I used to. Yeah, no. But for me, it was just about watching an episode and then just stopping and, and, you know, working from, I would work like just for me personally, I'd have dinner, clean up and, and then I'd work from, you know, 7.30 to 9 or 8 to 10. It was just two hours. And it's um, habitual as well. Like, it, like I guess any ritual or, or habit that you create, you do it for long enough time then Mm. it doesn't feel like you're doing extra Mm. and I guess my thing is as well and it's I don't want to kind of go off topic too much but ensuring that the thing that you're working on you are legitimately passionate about yes I was just gonna say yeah because if you don't have a clear intention around what you're doing you'll you know, you'll fluff around. And that time, you won't. It's not going to tie you to it. And you will not feel like you want to invest that time because you'll feel like you've got something else better to do. You want to avoid it actually feeling like work in Mm. a lot of ways because you're branching out into something that you have a legitimate interest in. And so you wouldn't mind sacrificing Netflix or you wouldn't mind sacrificing, oh God, I, I preach about social media constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because Apple now have, have you noticed the screen time? They, they record oh, how much man, screen time. Oh, man, that was a rude awakening for me because I didn't think I used my phone yeah. that much. And then I was like, it, it came up as you've been on social media for three hours. Yeah, oh, mine, mine comes today. up as four hours. Four hours. I, couldn't, I was like three yeah. hours. Of, that's just it's a lot of time huge. especially if but you do mindless i do mindlessly scroll yeah. when I'm mad. but just on the note of time i just wanted to say um one more thing i think that what we say to ourselves we speak into reality so if you're constantly telling yourself i don't have time i don't have time i'm busy i'm busy and i used to be like that i did that all the time i was like i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy then you're going to get that i mean it's what's going to present in your external reality so i think that being conscious about like the language that you use. And I know this tends to sound a bit, you know, spiritual hippie kind of stuff when people are like, just worry about, you know, thinking about your language and, and thinking about things that show up for you. And particularly like the law of attraction, which is you kind of based around, you know, the things that you put out there, the things yeah. that you say, what are going to come back out to you. But 
I mean, I, I think I really believe that that is the case and just something that I try. And again, like you might be really skeptical of this. I'd really encourage you to just try it and see if you want to get in contact I'm with me. I'm to try this. And let me know how you go because it's been a game changer for me. I don't do it all the time, but when I remember to do what I do. If I've ever got weeks where it's really busy, I have um, a journal. I write in my journal all the time. So I just write about my experiences. I write about things that I want to achieve. I write about... Just everything and anything, things that I'm grateful for. So therapeutic. So therapeutic. It's really great. But I've got this journal and one of the prompts or one of the things that I write in there when I'm really busy is that I'll say things like, time is opening up for me. I have more than enough time to complete all my tasks. And then I'll write that out maybe 10 times and then I'll say it. And it's just amazing. Always it happens that day. I just feel like I've got just enough time to do everything that I need to do. So I think it's striking a balance between allowing yourself to feel how you need to and just not trying to necessarily impose any change on that, but also acknowledging that, you know, your thoughts over time have a real impact on your days and your weeks. And so it can be really helpful, I find, in a journal to just write down in present tense the things that you want to see happening in your life. So if you want to try it, please do and get back to me and let me know if it works for you because I've spoke to so many people who are doing really great things um, and it works for them. Even, I'll just leave you with this one, just even putting a question out there like what would it take for me to have more time today Um, Mm. and letting that answer just come to you. I like that. Mm. I really do. Well, I feel like that brings us to the end of what has been an amazing discussion, an amazing chat, a very insightful one. I'm so glad that you were here to share a lot of your insights. So as far as people actually finding out more about you and what you're doing and your plans, where can people hit you up if they need to? So I'm currently off social media at the moment, as we said before, but I'm taking a a a bit of a break, yes, Mm -hmm. from screen time. But 360 Glow is going to launch within the next four weeks, so further details will be on Facebook. But if you want to contact me directly, you can reach me at chloe at flipthescript.com.au. And you can also find me on Instagram. I've uh, created a page called Look What Plants Can Do, and this is just a page dedicated to some plant-based recipes, which is what I am really passionate about at this point in my life. Absolutely amazing. Well, thank you so much, Chloe. Thank you for having me as your first guest. That is okay. So you were doing me a huge favour and I appreciate that a lot. So if any of what you heard today resonated with you or you want to ask more questions, I am going to put Chloe's details in the show notes. I'd really, really appreciate some feedback, whether it be positive or negative, because obviously I would like to know how this podcast is being received. And so it would be great if you could, even if you don't necessarily leave a review on iTunes, if you could hit me up on instagram let me know if you've listened let me know if you've heard let me know if anything's resonated that would be greatly appreciated until next time ciao for now hey listeners just one other note from chloe and i we are very excited to announce our fresh new brand flip the script As part of this brand, Karen and I will host an event called The Social Hour, a meetup for creatives, aspiring entrepreneurs and artists in Melbourne's West. For more details and access to tickets, you can hit the link in the show notes. Bye Bye for now. now!